Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon. Good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for V8 diesel marine engines. Like, nobody knows what that is, Lyle. Well, it's a V8. We all know what a V8 is. I don't. As far as what I know, you V8 don't know what is some V8? sort of breakfast fruit juice in the juice oh, aisle at Woolies. Oh, you do know what a V8 is, don't it's you? It's something to do with the cars or juice. It's big big engines. Okay, so it's an engine. Yeah, it's big engines. Big engines. Oh, it's, so what's... Like, I, uh-huh. And it runs off diesel. You know what if diesel is. If I had is. a V2 and you a V8 in front of me, I wouldn't know the diesel vehicles, you have... Oh, yeah, they're great. They, they don't... They, they, the fuel just goes for ages when you drive a diesel. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I so love me a diesel. Diesel. Marine. You know what marine is? That's like water. Yeah. So this is a big diesel engine in a boat that has a nice rumble to it and sounds awesome. And you should have just said that because, like, instead of me having to figure it out by putting all the little puzzle pieces together, it could have just been like, I went on a big boat and it was really loud. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. Yeah, and the dolphins are amazing. I'm really grateful today because of the dolphins. The dolphins were so beautiful. We went on our Christmas party yesterday. Was dolphins? Yes, <laughs> yesterday we had our office Christmas party. We went on a beautiful little sort of a short cruise around Port Stephens in the harbour there, and all the dolphins turned up and had a little splish splash around. They were so cute. It was really great. I had a great I think time. They, I think the reason they came by was because they just loved the rumble <laughs> of that <laughs> massive engine. Oh, my. Whatever, Trevor. Anyway, uh, this is a delayed broadcast, good people. So you are listening to this uh who knows when? You are list- you're some of the few people listening to it. We had some technical <laughs> difficulties on Friday when we re- recorded it. Yes, we recorded this on so Friday Not so the 7th. many people listened to the live show. Yes, it was Friday the 7th and we made this. Who knows when you're actually going to be hearing this. Really important interview with uh, Mark Sneddon coming up. Yes, very important. Definitely cast that a year around liberty. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. And uh, and definitely uh, get behind that. And hopefully, like, hopefully things have... Um, Hand out for the best since we've recorded the interview. And well, it's uh, one of those things that's in process, isn't it? Now it's uh, religious liberty is on hold over the uh, Christmas break, and we need to be campaigning our politicians right the way through the Christmas break. Um, else we are facing imminent loss of religious liberty. Yeah, so don't don't get distracted too much by Christmas. Be on your knees, um, pleading this case before the Lord, and also campaigning, uh, as Lyle just said, to our pollies um, who are making big decisions, I guess, for us on our behalf. But anyway, we have a great show coming up today. We have uh, that interview as well as a little um, stopover with Kent about the new signs, which is great. Uh, we have some good news. I almost cried, almost cried, but managed to hold it together. And uh, Yeah, I was most disappointed. I was handing Mon tissues and try- trying my best to get her to cry on I air, held but it she together. didn't. Anyway, stay tuned. All that and more coming up now. Blinding light 
Listening to Matthew Mole, you and your crown as we start to get ourselves back on air this morning. I think we're on air in some places. Some places. Some, some places they're just listening to a sermon. Hopefully it's a good sermon. Yeah, hopefully it's better than the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what an adventure we are having this morning. Our pre-recorded show is a week out of date. Our never a dull moment nev- here. Never a dull moment on Faith FM. Hey, at least that was time part of the challenge. It's part of the challenge of having a national radio network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most most radio uh, stations are a local transmitter. You know, citywide or so forth. But uh, Faith FM is right across the country. One hundred and fifty odd transmitters. Um, across Australia, one of the, the second largest, second, second largest uh, low power network in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is fantastic. Praise the Lord for that. No, we'll use this yeah. as an opportunity to brag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn a, turn a negative into a positive you this morning. It. This is you called spin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> spin. Politicians are experts at it. Oh, okay, see. so uh, Mon, d- 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 tell us about our quiz for this morning. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit undecided about which to do. Do you want a who am I or a what book am I? Keeping in mind that the who am I is a little bit easier. And it is Friday. We've been going hard, and people have been snapping them up. Let's go hard. Okay, fine. What book am I? No, yeah. well, no who am I? Who am I? Who, who am I? Is a harder one. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and just as a reminder, you bought this upon yourself. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Blame Lyle. Lyle. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Lyle's going to brag so hard now if he gets <laughs> one of the first ten minutes of our show is Lyle bragging. Okay. 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 So, who am I? The first clue is I said. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? Mm, Who's said, drinking who could, blood? Who could that possibly be? Oh, Lyle knows it. <laughs> while I'm bragging, by the way, while I'm bragging there, Go mom, on. There was this certain incident yesterday. Yeah. Where Mon completely wussed out. I, just, I, just, I was not wussing out. I was, I was making, I was assessing a situation determined it unworthy. 
Say, say that again. That's right. That's right. Lyle looked at his phone and cannot multitask at all. He knows he shouldn't look at his phone yeah, well, just, while I'm, he's on I'm air. Just, I'm just like, oh, it's good to know we're back on air in Tari. That's all. Oh, hey, welcome back, Tari. Yeah. <laughs> Lyle is the worst multitasker. It's so funny. Look, Lyle did go swimming yesterday. Well, kind of swimming. Yeah, well, they had that big net out the back of the boat. It was yeah, kind yeah. Of cool. You could go so they, drop the a, they drop a metal frame, which is, uh, and attached to it is a net. So you can actually lie on the net, which is. Like half drag, submerged drag in the water. Drag along behind the boat. Yeah, you get dragged behind the boat. And you get buffeted quite a bit. I have to admit, it looked like fun. But the thing was, I was told to bring my swimmers yeah. because we were to mm-hmm. go swimming with the dolphins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was totally mm-hmm. up for swimming with the dolphins. It was really cold, though. And uh, and so it's when when cold. there was no dolphins, I was like, well, what's the point? Cold. You're the one who's always You're, you can't even hot. you can't say that because you got out of the water and I touched your arm and you were an ice block. And there was there was one girl who was in the water, and I could see her goosebumps from the second floor. <laughs> you can't tell me it wasn't cold. It was good fun though. Yeah, it, I, I, and you did wuss out. I did wuss. Well, no, yeah, I I was out. only ever committed you, if there was no, dolphins. No, totally wussed out. The, the, they they like, didn't bring their part of the arrangement, so I didn't bring my part of the arrangement. That's yeah, how it works, yeah, yeah, Lyle. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, excuses. excuses. <laughs> Give <laughs> us a call if you know the answer to the quiz. Today's prize is loves. Loves, Lies, and God's Replies by Dustin Hall. Really interesting book. Um, it's all about uh, God caring about your love life, so your sex life, romance life, uh, love life. Uh, the kind of lies that you know we've come to believe, uh, you know, part of a messed up world, and uh, and some of the truth uh, from the Bible. So this is a really great book. Um, Loves, lies, and God's replies. So give us a call if you know the answer to the quiz and would like a copy of that book today by Dustin Hall. Lyle, today, mm-hmm. today might be one of those days I cry on air. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're let me, horrid. Let me pass you a box of tissues. Thanks. Let me put them back down again. <laughs> this is a really beautiful story. It's, it's really touched my heart. Uh, so there's a farmer, um, he, uh, Greg Bishop, and uh, apparently he's never one to ask favours. He's always the first one to offer them. And he, he's quite famous in the um, in the region where he lives, Floyd County in Texas, uh, for just having a really beautiful character and people just love him. And very a very helpful man. And um, he unfortunately has cancer mm-hmm. and um, quite, a, quite a severe cancer. He's just been stricken with cancer. And his uh, doctor has... Um, <clears throat> told him that he needs to be under house arrest so he can uh, combat, you know, he's going through chemo and all kinds of stuff. So, unfortunately, uh, this sadly coincided with harvest. And uh, and so when the community heard that he would be unable to participate in the harvest this year because of the effects of his chemo, his friends and neighbours rushed to his aid and harvested his entire crop for free. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. And this, like, people might think, well, so what? Get this, right? His crop, it's a hundred, uh, 450 acres. Mm-hmm. It was ready to be harvested, nearly ready to be harvested when the doctor informed him that he has to stay indoors because of his weakened immune system. When people go through care, care, yeah, yeah, chemotherapy, yeah, yeah. they really take a punch, the whole system. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, within, within uh, I think it was like within a few days, because you know it was, it was almost ready to be harvested, uh, the entire entirety of his harvest was ready to be ginned within a few days. I don't know what ginned means, but I think it's part of the process of harvesting. Dozens of people came out to support, um, you know, turning up with their tractors and their machinery, whatever it was. So many, in fact, that some need to be turned away. Oh, <laughs> wow. So cool. A local restaurant provided free burgers to all of the helpers, and even local fuel companies offered to support the event with free fuel and funding, but all the farmers decided to pay for their own costs anyway. 
Isn't that fantastic? How long did it take them to get uh, 450 acres in? Five hours. All done. In five hours, the volunteers had processed <clears throat> 1,200 bales of cotton worth half a million dollars. And if if he had been forced to do it himself, it would have taken weeks of yeah, work. Yeah, and they yeah. just turn up and just, just, just blaze it. would have been it. so much fun. Oh, oh, absolutely. And you can guarantee that those farmers were having tractor races. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know for that sure. was happening. <laughs> absolutely. I was like, why don't they just go to the next farm and then the next farm and the next farm? And like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's just all get together. Like, we'll, <laughs> just make a team we'll just do all, all of our farms exactly. rather than just our own. Well, they, a lot of people had a lot of nice things to say about um, about Greg Bishop. So they said, you know, he's a, a very good Christian man, very uh, just a, a good-hearted man. He's very humble. He's just the best person. So this is a really nice response um, to, I guess, someone who's real, really well-loved. And uh, and he said that he was just really overwhelmed by what everyone did. He was in tears and he couldn't thank them enough for what they'd done. And uh, yeah, and things are looking brighter for him each day because he's continuing his treatment and he plans for a bone marrow treatment uh, in the upcoming months. And uh, his neighbours and friends are always willing to help and they've already established a fund, like a, like a GoFundMe, like a crowdfunding page, uh, to help pay for his continuing treatment. Isn't that beautiful? That's fantastic. That's just the most amazing thing ever. I love it. And and you know when you uh, when when you when you look at that you know that whole event, you know what a healing uh, yeah. thing that would be uh-huh. for for him. you know if, if somebody needs some motivation to fight because this is really mm. when it comes to cancer you need to have that motivation to fight you need to have that motivation to live absolutely and you need to decide to live that's what's really going to keep you going and what could be more healing than an event like that mm, absolutely yeah it's um. It's it's really great because if you think about it, one of the things that make us really sick is stress. Mm-hmm. And when you're already hit with cancer and then having the stress of like, oh, what's going to happen to my business? What's going to yeah, happen to my million, farm? Half a million dollars harvest, down the, yeah. down the drain for my a farm. My family, is, uh, I'm the breadwinner. Like it would have just been so stressful. But to know that these people love him so much would have really been a motivating factor for him to get past cancer. So, yeah, yeah beautiful story. Can't believe I did it without crying. Good on me. But <laughs> Let me tell you another sweet story. So disappointed right now. (laughs) This is really cute. Nine-year-old boy. I'm like this kid, man. Make this kid president. (laughs) He successfully led a convincing citywide campaign to lift an archaic ban on snowball fights. What? (laughs) So his name's who had a ban on snowball fights? Severance, Colorado. Boo on you, Severance Colorado. Colorado, where they have plenty of snow. So Dane Best was stunned to hear it was illegal for him to throw uh, snowballs at his little brother within the city limits of Severance. Uh, So apparently, technically, it's part of a larger order that was set in place 98 years ago. And it states illegal to throw stones or missiles at any trees, people, property or buildings. And and that snowballs fall under the category of missile. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. Just hold up. 98 years ago, 98 snowballs years. were actually listed in the legislation. And, and for the last 98 years, the children of Severance have always doggedly thrown their winter weapons in secret until this week when, he, when young Dane rolled in and he was like, do you know what? Forget this. And he was determined to have the ban lifted. He gathered signatures from his classmates, encouraged them to write letters to the city council. He made a presentation at the town board meeting, asked for the law to, a law to be changed. And needless to say, the board members unanimously agreed to lift the ban on snow, snow, snowballs. <laughs> So so cute. So he was then given the honor of throwing the first legal snowball in a century. 
How cute is that? That's pretty cool. And good on whatever whatever adults this kid has in his life who have been encouraging him to change roles like this. Good on them too. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul. Oh, 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 oh,
You're listening to Jaden Levick with Wondrous Love here on Faith FM. And Mon, why don't you give us another clue for our quiz? Uh-huh. Let me do that. Let me just get up my Instagram so people who are on their phones can jump across to our Instagram account. It's Faith FM Live, of course, and you can watch our Insta story and uh, get some more clues and also go over the old ones. Okay, so who am I? Second clue. Peter said, I didn't ascend to heaven. What okay, so who is it that is not, this person is not in heaven? This person is not in heaven. The Bible is very, very clear about that. Very clear about that one. Okay. Yes. Uh, and if you would like to uh, answer that, our uh, quiz prize today is Love's Lies, God's Replies by Dustin Hall. Give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. All right, so while we're talking about some fun stories, I thought I'd just share a fun story with you this morning. And uh, the Catholic News Service um, decided to wish all of their Jewish subscribers a happy Hanukkah, um, which is a very nice thing to do uh, via Twitter. Did they all go jump babies after that? Uh <laughs> <laughs> we, let's moving past that story. You got questions about what, whatever Mon was just talking about. It's some obscure thing in an obscure. Go, go watch our YouTube in, channel yeah, and you'll right. see. It's, it's there. It's there. We did. We did find something about that. But anyway, they uh, they wished them all a happy Hanukkah on um, um, via Twitter, which is a nice thing to do, and attached a picture of a menorah just to give it that Jewish flavour, which is also a nice thing to do. Did someone get offended? Well, it's a little bit like this. Okay, let me just give you the background of Hanukkah, right? Mm-hmm. The, celebration, the, the, the celebration of Hanukkah is a celebration of the restoration of temple services after Antiochus Epiphanes had desecrated the temple. So to give you a little bit of history <laughs> as to what was going on, um, Antiochus Epiphanes comes in, he's, uh, he's there during the, uh, the, the, the Greek Empire period, so between the two testaments, the intertestamental period. Uh, that we're talking about, he was marching on Egypt, and when he arrived in Egypt, there was a Roman uh, senator standing at the border with a stick in his hand. Uh oh! And the Roman senator drew a stick, drew a line in the sand, and said, "If you walk across that line, you can consider yourself to be at war with the Republic of Rome." Ooh la la! And Antiochus Epiphanes, um, who was a very arrogant little. Um, Blighter? Yeah, blighter. Mm-hmm. That's co- yeah. probably the word I'm looking for. <laughs> blighter. Mm-hmm. Heard that word for a while. Um, <laughs> he fussed and he fumed and he stamped his foot and threw a fit, but he wasn't came to step across the line <laughs> because the Republic of Rome had been growing in power. Mm-hmm. And so in a fit of rage, he basically then had to march back north to uh, where he had come from. And as he was passing back through Jerusalem, he noticed that there was a bunch of Jews there worshipping in a temple. And he's like, aha, I'm going to take out my rage here. Oh, no. And so he went in there and he killed lots and lots of Jewish people and sacrificed a pig on the altar of their temple. Oh, that's horrible. And uh, he, he was there for a number of years just creating havoc until eventually he was thrown out. And they were able to restore the surfaces there. And so they, um, and, and and so they, uh, you know, they celebrate Hanukkah as a as a reminder of that, you know, as a festival remem- remembering that. Ever since then, what remembering the pig slaughtering? Or remember that they chucked him out? Or like- remember they chucked him okay, out, okay, and they restored so- the worship of the temple. Okay, that's kind of sad that one little incident would cause a guy multiple years oh, of rage and, and 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 so many lives lost. But anyway, but anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so. Uh, 
this particular news service, yes, religious news service, they uh, they wish all of their Jewish followers a happy Hanukkah, and they attach a, a picture of a menorah to give it a Jewish flavour, a very mm-hmm, nice thing to mm-hmm. do. Except the one that they choose to pick, oh, no. is the one that's on the Arch of Titus in Rome. <laughs> now, just to, just to remind you all about what the Arch of Titus is, so the Romans come to Israel, right? Come to Judah, and they don't do what Antiochus did. They go a step further. They destroy that temple so thoroughly that there is not one stone left standing on top of another. And then they go back to Rome and they build this massive arch because Titus was the general who did that. Uh-huh. And on that, they carve a picture of the menorah. Uh, to celebrate the event, the fact that they had actually captured, you know, the, all of oh, the furniture no. from the temple. Oh, no. So this was the one that they choose, chose to use, which has been most embarrassing for them. That is horrible. Somebody didn't know their history. Somebody <laughs> messed up. But clearly the Jews did, right? Epically. Oh, I think it's just hilarious. What was, what's been the response from the Jewish community? <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think most of the Jewish community have last, laughed it off as, uh, you guys really need to get your history straight. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, the Catholic news service has just gone very, very red faced about the whole thing. But it's actually, it's actually not that uncommon, Mon. So when you, mm-hmm. when you travel next and you're going through some of the, uh, world's major, um, uh, uh, art galleries. It's worth actually reading the description underneath them because there's some doozies out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So so there's the the Cle- Cleveland Museum of Art recently had a uh, a painting um, that was from uh, the 15th century, and um, you know it's all gilt frame. You know all of this mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. very classical art. Of cop this. This is the this is the uh, this is the the, the the title underneath of it. King Saul anointing David. Oopsie. <laughs> who painted course, that? Well, the person who painted it, of course, painted Samuel anointing David. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not so much who painted it as who labelled it. it. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, Saul was the one who tried to assassinate David on numerous occasions, chased him from one end because of the country to another because yeah. he got anointed uh-huh. and was hardly the one that uh, would be going out to uh, anoint him. Well, okay, so they, they tried to trace down how did this manage to get um, mislabeled. Well, they, they, they went back to the original, uh, which is kept in uh, the Netherlands, and found that the original 15th century version was also uh, mis. <gasps> No. Labelled as Saul anointing David. Well, but was it in the Dark Ages? Is there like an excuse as to why they would have thought that? No, well, the, <coughs> they couldn't have had access to. One would think mm-hmm. that somebody would have walked past and gone, "Wait a minute, that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just ain't right." Uh, and of course, it has appeared in a number of catalogues around the world, and every, they've, they've traced it through, and everywhere it's appeared, it has been consistently labelled as Saul anointing David, which has left lots of people very red faced. But makes for a good fun, fun story on a Friday morning as we come to the end of the working uh, working week. Anyway, in other news, in more serious news, um, Norfolk Island, of course, yesterday got hit by a 6.0 earthquake. Just keeping you all up to date on that. So some stories that uh, we've been following. The uh, St. Kilda Beach Foreshore, beach and foreshore in Melbourne has just banned alcohol from November to March. Yes. Good on them. Go St. Killy. This was after, of course, an increase in brawls and violence and so forth. And they're like, yep, no. Done. 
Done. It's over. That's great. Because St. Kilda, um, have you been to St. Kilda Beach? I think so. I mean, as a beach, it's not much, but as a little, as a little uh, social area, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the alcohol aspect is just ruining it. It's just ruining it. Just, okay, yeah. that solved it. Good. Problem solved right there. Love it. If only we had more people who had the guts to stand up and to bring about action. Yeah, and to actually point the finger at the actual problem and say, you, you know more. We're done with you. Okay, now, quick question, Mon. Mm-hmm. Uh, immigrants, do they live longer or shorter than the uh, um, lifespan of the countries that they immigrate to when they're immigrating to Western countries? I want to say shorter because we're probably stressed out. Okay, they live longer. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Oh. On average. This is a, um, a uh, from the Lancet Medical Journal um, studying um, 96 different studies, 15 million uh, migrants involved in it, and on average they live longer. They have longer life. Uh, less healthcare, higher levels, and that they uh, they are higher levels of healthcare providers. So they go into nursing and doctoring uh-huh. more so than um, the general population, and they have lower heart disease and lower cancer. I wonder why that is. Because they bring their lifestyle with them, ah, I got and you, their lifestyle is not the refined Western mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. of. Um, of Australia, uh, you know, of, yeah. of the West. So they're eating their veggies. <coughs> yeah, yeah, they're eating their rice veggies still. Rice and beans. Yep, R- yep, yep. Rice, beans, all that kind of stuff. Uh, particularly those coming from Asia and South America. Mm-hmm. Um, it is lower from Eastern Europe. Immigrants from Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh, because they bring their lifestyle with them, which is you know typically very high in alcohol and uh, a lot of other things that are detrimental to your health. Animal products, yep. And Africans tend to average lower because they're bringing things like hepatitis, uh, tuberculosis, HIV. Oh, so communicable diseases, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. lifestyle. They're, mm-hmm. they're not dying from life, lifestyle diseases. But as a wake-up call to us when developing countries are living longer than we are because they have a better lifestyle. Yeah, in our countries. They come here in our and countries. show us up. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> And good on them for the doing so. But they still know how to eat <laughs> rice and beans than uh, all of the rubbish and the garbage that uh, we seem to be shoving down our throats on a regular I'd like basis. to see what, what the, the kids of the immigrants are doing, though, because they're probably adopting several of those um, Western practices. <laughs> and are, you know. Yeah, and of course we have... Uh, a tremendous problem with healthcare here in Australia with people immigrating from the uh, South Pacific and adopting a Western lifestyle. Anyway, this is Fernanda Ortega. Open my lips. Open my lips. I will sing your praise forever. Open my lips, O Lord, I will sing your praise forever. A broken spirit and a contrite heart, these you will not despise.
Welcome back, everybody. Once again, you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And joining us now, we have Kent Kingston from Signs of the Time magazine, one of the oldest periodical magazines that we have here in Australia. And, of course, a religious magazine. Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lyle. It's really, really great to be here on uh, The Breakfast Show at Faith FM again. And, of course, this is our monthly update with Kent about uh, the Signs magazine. Kent, I'm wondering yes. whether you can uh, share with us some of the highlights of what we should expect in this month's edition. Yes, well, welcome to December. I mean, it, it, it seems only a, a little while ago I was complaining, like, what's with the Christmas carols? It's only October, it's only November, and then suddenly I'm out of excuses. Um, <laughs> now it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is December. Christmas is is coming up real fast. Um, yeah, we we do have uh, this month's edition of Signs of the Times magazine, and we have included a couple of little Christmas uh, things in there, um, including uh, the sort of the, the story behind uh, Handel's Messiah. You know that you know the Hallelujah chorus and all that sort of stuff. So it has quite some quite interesting history behind it, um, but also some more sort of up to date practical stuff. Uh, looking, um, it's an article actually called Upside Down Christmas, um, Authentic Aussie and Kiwi Ways to Celebrate the Season of Giving. So, um, yeah, if you, you're going to have to check out the magazine to, um, if you want to have a look at that, because that's actually a magazine exclusive feature that's not on the website. But yeah. I'm so glad that you're our, covering that because, um, yeah. it comes this time of the year and my wife brings out all of her Christmas playlists and we listen to Christmas music for, you know, a whole month. And I love Christmas yep. music, but I'm like, all of them talk about snow and icicles and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Is there anything, have you got anything, relic? can you make me a Christmas playlist that actually relates to being down under? I mean, there's a fair portion of the world that has Christmas that, in the Southern that Hemisphere. That is a, it's a very good question with, with music. I'll I tell you one thing that we did pretty much invent in the Southern Hemisphere, um, and that is Carols by Candlelight. Um, because obviously the weather in the Northern Hemisphere isn't really conducive to sitting outdoors on, on a picnic blanket and, and singing carols together as a community. But so that was something that was invented in Melbourne, um, quite a, quite a few years ago. And the idea has, has spread, you know, all over Australia, all over New Zealand and even into the Northern Hemisphere for those, those hardy souls who are, <laughs> who are willing to, to brave the, the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. Christmas chill. Go out and mingle, mingle with the elements. At, uh, right. at at Christmas time, that's well, that's fantastic. I mean, we do have to wait a little bit longer, of course, for the sun to go down, um, yes. you know, in this part of the world, and for it to be dark enough to have uh, to light the candles up. And uh, the biggest problem we've had in recent years in our region with carols by candlelight, of course, is um, bushfire bans. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> the challenges, uh, look, the I, challenges I, of a southern hemisphere Christmas. Well, that's right. I, I think increasingly people are encouraging, you know, LED fake candles and, and things like that rather than the actual, you know, n- naked flame out there on the on the grass. But yeah, look, it's it's really lovely to look across a, a field and, you know, and see a whole bunch of little lights twinkling you know, once it gets dark enough. You're right. Um, but yeah, this um, apart from those sort of Christmassy features, um, yeah, Sometimes Magazine in December does look at some, some pretty serious stuff. Uh, the, the cover article called Are You Being Watched, which is looking at the whole idea of mass surveillance, the idea that, you know, every keystroke that we make on our on our personal computer is possibly being tracked somewhere and the, and the privacy implications of that. Um, that is something a, a lot of people are concerned about and I, I think it's it's worth exploring. Um, similarly is uh, the debate over the National Chaplaincy Program in, in Australia. We've got a really qualified 
uh, author by the name of Roy Williams, who's a you know been a, a political uh, observer uh, for a, a long time, written some some great books, uh, including uh, Post God Nation, like look, looking at Australia's sort of culture and history, and he's yeah, explored that that idea of. Um, of uh, the debate over the national school chaplaincy program in in our government schools, you know, is 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 that the right thing to do in terms of separation of church and state? What are the arguments for and against? So yeah, we, we we do like to get into some serious issues too. I mean, you know, the magazine is mm. called Signs of the Times, so we need to look look at the times. Yeah, absolutely, and of course that um, has relevancy right now as they debate in Parliament, you know, uh, sexual discrimination in schools, and you know, with a yep. possible loss of religious liberty right there. That's uh, which has just you know been taking place over the last couple of days. Just uh, we were just talking to yeah, Mark Sned yeah. about that a moment ago from yep. the Institute well, that, for Civil that, Society. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And we actually um, got Roy Williams in to record a podcast with us, um, and and the radio show which plays on Faith FM. So yeah, next week uh, check out Signs of the Times Radio. And you, you'll hear our interview with Roy Williams, and he does indeed cover that that topic as well. Mm, fantastic. Now, just going back to the uh, article you mentioned about being watched, um, yes. have you been following the developments in China with their social engineering through um, you know, this national system of uh, cameras and facial recognition technology? Um, does it delve into uh, yeah, what's taking place overseas, or are we just looking at what's happening in Australia? Um, no, look, I, I don't think we're looking at China in particular. Um, we, I guess we're trying to just bring it closer to home uh, about the sorts of things that, that we need to be concerned about and, and what it says uh, about the, the direction of the world generally and where, where it's headed. Um, I guess there's a real temptation to, you know, when we look at warnings of the future, I mean, we know we need to hear warnings. If, if there is something, you know, difficult or, or bad going to happen in the future, it's best to be warned about it. But it's it's easy then to turn into a, a little sort of shivering ball in, in a fetal position in in the corner, and that and that's not helpful. I, I guess the the next question, you know, once we've said, okay, well, we know it's going to happen in the future, we we have some some confidence, and you know, we certainly believe at Signs of the Times that the Bible does give us, you know, a, a lot of confidence. It it does sort of sketch broadly, you know, the the outlines of of what we're going to face in the future. But once we know that. And we can go forward in confidence, you know, knowing that God's in control and we can have a sense of hope uh, about the future. It's, I don't believe it's about, you know, bunkering down, um, in, in, in your basement with some cans of baked beans, uh, necessarily. You know, it's, we, we need to, you know, use our knowledge uh, of what's happening in the future to, to actually, I guess, focus on helping other people, focus on getting the warnings out there to other people as well. Um, yeah, not, not to turn our, our back on the world's problems, but to perhaps, you know, be even more deeply uh, engaged with them. Yes, and being locked in a basement with baked beans um, definitely wouldn't go well in my household, but uh, <laughs> it, uh, um, it, it is one of the unique things about Bible prophecy. You know, you look at everybody who's predicting the end of the world, whether they're doing it from a, uh, a religious perspective or a secular perspective, and pretty mm-hmm. much there is universal predictions of doom, whereas yep. Bible prophecy points us to Jesus Christ, and it's, it's, it's pointing towards an incredible victory. Um, yeah, certainly some hard times to go through, and we should expect you know difficult things to be taking place. But it is just so encouraging to see that this is actually all part of a plan where God is going to rid the universe of pain, sin, suffering, you know, forever, and rid our world of it and yeah. take it away from us. And 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 a- um, absolutely, absolutely, and, and it's really easy to feel out of control. You know, when you look at the direction the world's going around you, um, but the one thing we do have control over is that choice of, you know, whether we are going to choose, you know, to follow Jesus Christ or if we are not. Um, and the Bible sets out, you know, pretty clearly the, you know, the consequences of, of, of that choice. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really important. That's something we do have total control over. 
Yeah, fantastic. Now, Kent, we are going to cut it short, a little bit uh, short this morning, but uh, before you go, how do we give us your contact details? How do we get hold of Science Magazine? If we have people out there who have not yet subscribed, and I'm hoping that everybody has, yep. but if you have not yet subscribed to Science Magazine, <laughs> you need yeah, to do look, so. We, how do we do that? Look, we've, we've uploaded um, all the feature articles for, for this month up into our website, which is signsofthetimes.org.au. You can read those there. So, you know, we're so excited about our content. You know, we want to get as much as possible out there for people to check check out but look this being the season of giving you know we're, we're really encouraging people to think about perhaps uh, subscribing uh, a friend or a family member to signs of the times magazine and you can do that at that same website signs of the times.org.au so yeah g- give the gift of signs is i guess uh, our christmas message um so yeah ch- check that out and um re- read it for yourself um get it for yourself get it for your friends as well yeah give the gift of signs signsofthetimes.org.au And the great thing about doing that of course is that uh, that person will then get a Christmas present every month rather than just at Christmas time so that That's uh, right, it's the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) Spreads out all year long Kent, thank you so much for joining us here once again and telling us about uh, all the latest uh, amazing articles that you have there in the Signs Mag We look forward to speaking to you again in the new year not a problem. Have a, a, a great Christmas and a fantastic new year. And yeah, we'll, we'll chat to you again uh, next year. Absolutely. And you too, Kent. God bless. Oh, love that will not let me go. the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow, may richer, fuller be. O light that followest all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. Restores its borrowed ray That in thy sunshine's blaze its day May brighter, fairer be O joy that seekest me through pain I cannot close my heart to thee I trace the rainbow through the rain And feel the promises not vain That morn shall tearless be O cross that liftest up my head To fly from thee I lay in dust life's glory dead And from the ground there blossoms red Life that shall endless peace Life that shall endless peace
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right here on Faith FM. I have uh, Mark Snedden um, joining me again today from uh, Institute for Civil Society. And just to give us a quick update on what took place in federal parliament and where we are at now as far as religious liberty and sexual discrimination in schools go. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me on again. Yes. Now, we're very keen to uh, to get a perspective on what actually took place uh, in Parliament and where are, where are we at now? Okay. Very eventful day in Federal Parliament yesterday, but I'll answer the second question first. Where we are now is no change, stalemate at this stage, so no change to the Sex Discrimination Act, with everyone trying to work out what do we do when it comes back to the Parliament in February next year. So the, what happened was that we remember the ALP had a bill in the Parliament which uh, was going to limit the freedoms of religious schools but had considerable knock-on effects to adult education institutions and indeed affecting what churches, mosques and temples did. Um, there was uh, the, the two the two linchpin senators from the Centre Alliance in South Australia, Senators Patrick and Griff, um, and thanks to your listeners who may have contacted their senators and MPs, I think that was really influential and helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was those, several several people that were contacting me looking for details, you know, after the interview, that that kind of thing, and uh, we, we and, sent them all that direction. And I, I just encourage your listeners, that did make a difference. I spoke to those senators' offices myself, and they said they were getting plenty of calls, and that really does make a difference. If people ring them and make personal contact with their offices, that, that makes a big difference. So they said they had had lots and lots of contact from people who were supporting the position of religious schools, and they said, those two senators said they would back the government's amendment, which would have inserted a right for faith-based schools to to act in good faith in teaching the tenets and doctrines of the faith. That was their amendment, the government's amendment they said they'd support. Labor said they would not include that amendment, they would not vote for it, and they, would, they pulled their bill. So the Labor Party pulled their own bill because they refused to accept that amendment. Um, that was a bizarre thing because on Monday they had said we would put that Labor would put those sorts of words in the explanatory memorandum for the bill. The explanatory memorandum is a document that sort of says this is what the proponents of the bill intended to do. It's not actually part of the law, it's an explanation of the law. Mm-hmm. So they were willing to put it on Monday in the explanation of the law, but they weren't willing to put those words in the law on Wednesday. So they pulled the bill, so that was the end of the bill in the Senate. And then in the House, the, uh, the Prime Minister said, well, I'll introduce a bill which is similar to the ALP bill with the government amendments into the House and we can get it done today. Um, and uh, he said if we can get agreement with the uh, with the Labor Party, and if we can't get agreement with the Labor Party, let's have a conscience vote on it. Mm-hmm. The Labor Party then said, well, we're not going to agree to that, that clause, one I just mentioned, that giving religious schools the right to teach in accordance with their faith in good faith. Um, and we don't want a conscience vote. And then they went, they said, well, a conscience vote is just, you know, it's putting people's sexual freedom, sexuality, and right not to be discriminated against them as a matter of conscience, and it shouldn't be a matter of conscience, and so on. So that all came to nothing in the House, and at the end of the day, there was no uh, movement uh, and no agreement between both sides. So the issue now moves on into next year. The Act is unamended, so religious schools will have their same uh, rights that they did last week, uh, but, you know, watch this space very closely for next February. Um, our, what we're going to try and do in the Institute for Civil Society and other groups is try to come up with a better solution which both protects the rights of religious schools to teach their faith doctrines and impose discipline in accordance with that, but also protects uh, gay and lesbian students 
uh, and gender transitioning students from discrimination, which is not related to the teaching of um, of, of the faith and the conduct of the faith in faith schools. Sure, uh, sure. I think there's a way to do it, but you know, it's, it's, it's the politics are very fraught. Okay, so we've got an opportunity then to uh, we've, we've got some breathing space, I guess, over the year end break to actually do something and to be in contact with our politicians and to let them know what uh, our concerns are. Um, be very keen to see what you come up with there, Mark, as far as uh, an alternative that will provide religious liberty for um, for uh, you know for everybody here in Australia. And um, one of the things that sort of stood out to me was a report um, by the Australian Associated Press this morning. And to quote that, it says, you know, and just looking at some of the reasons. Okay, why did Labor cause this to stall in Parliament yesterday? But to quote it says, Labor objects to the government's inclusion of a clause allowing schools to teach in accordance with their religious beliefs. Um, yes. Would you say that's an accurate reflection of Labor's objections? Well, apparently I'm, I'm, I'm going on media reports as you are, but I understand that is correct and that was what uh, Senator Wong said when she withdrew her bill in the Senate yesterday and she also said that she was acting on or she was supported by legal advice uh, the legal advice from, a, I think, a Sydney QC was that uh, to put that right in the Act would allow a religion to um, not not admit a student into a particular class to, to, to discriminate against the student by um, making them sit outside the class or teach them in a different quality to other students. And I think that's just... Uh, I find that very difficult to follow. Uh, I think what, what people need to get into their heads is that some religions teach men and women separately, so... Uh, when, for example, Muslims teach the Quran, they'll teach it separately to men and to women, mm-hmm. and some people might find that offensive, and that would be contrary to the Sex Discrimination Act. But it's, I, I think it's a reasonable position to adopt. Both both groups are being taught in, in accordance with the doctrines and tenets of their faith. They're both getting teaching on the Quran. I mean, there are other other areas where um, Christians would perhaps teach sex education separately to young men and to young women in in particular contexts or relationship studies, that sort of thing. I think that's not an unreasonable position if it's being done in good faith in accordance with the doctrines and the tenets of the faith. I know no faith, I know no faith which says you can give gay students a lesser quality of education. No, that doesn't exist. No one's, if that, if that existed, you imagine the media storm that it would create and the world of hurt that would pour down on that institution. Correct. So, so to the extent that the QC's advice is, is suggesting that, I think it's a hypothetical. I know of no religion which, in good faith, in accordance with the doctrines of the religion, would offer lesser quality uh, to teaching to to people simply because of their sexual orientation. I think that's a furphy. Absolutely. Now, Mark, the Institute for Civil Society, you're going to be doing something over the year and break. You're going to be putting together a proposal. Um, how do we access that information? Sure. Well, people can access all of our papers, including the stuff we put out this week, uh, by either going to Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook Institute for Civil Society, and liking us there or following us there, uh, and, our, and that'll also lead you to our website. Our website is i4cs, so that's the letter I, the number four, cs.com.au, i4cs.com.au. Um, you'll see some updates in the next couple of weeks with some proposals, I think. Fantastic, and uh, we'll get that up on our social media. Mark, thank you so much for joining us again today and keeping us abreast of everything that is taking place. It's a pleasure, Lyle. Thanks. Have a great day. That was Mark Snedden from the Institute for Civil Society here on Faith FM. 
term hurt, unresolved conflict, you know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends, and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in, and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow! Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big, iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great! I'll see you there. 